welcome to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things very small business, from the challenges to solutions to failures and victories. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, and I'm ready to roll, so let's do this. Today, I have a very special guest. We have Hank Paso from Hank's Protein Plus Peanut Butter. I've known Hank, um, we're dating both of ourselves. I think I first met Hank in 2000, um, back when Gold's Gym on, um, in North Providence opened, even maybe before that at Bally's in North Providence. So it's been a, a long time knowing each other, but we've had a professional relationship for the past five years. And I'm going to let Hank introduce himself. So for Hank, welcome to the show. And if you can take a moment, introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, hi, Judah. Thank you. First of all, thank you very much for having me on. Um, and I am uh, Hank Capasso, the originator, creator, however you would like to put it, um, CEO of Hank's Protein Plus. Uh, we make um, high protein, natural nut butter spreads, uh, almond butters and peanut butters and vegan uh, peanut butters as well. Um, I've been, we've been in business for about six years, but I've actually been making the product for about 10 or 11 years. Um, you know, the old, in the, in the basement of the house for the first few years, and then moving into a uh, factory setting, which we're in now. And, uh, you know, we're local, we're in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and, you know, we're online, uh, the website, uh, hanksproteinplus.com on Instagram and Facebook, Hanks PBS. Um, so it's been, it's been a learning experience over the past, you know, five or six years. We've had our ups and downs. And uh, like I tell a few people, I've hit the mat enough times now that I think I've had enough with that. So I'm going to try to stay on our feet now for the next few. <laughs> so Hank, so before the peanut butter, what were you doing? Mainly, um, I had a personal trouble. I owned a gym for about 24 years in Providence, uh, Branch Avenue, World Gym on Branch Avenue, uh, with a partner. Um, and then I left there and opened up my own uh, personal training facility at the Gold's Gym in North Providence. Um, you know, working within, I had my own spot, plus, you know, the, the rest of the gym. And I did a lot of um, nutritional programs for people. I dieted a lot of athletes, competitive bodybuilders, uh, figure, bikini, you know, you name it. Um, you know, it was a very busy, I'd say a very busy 10 or 12 year period there up until about 2010, 2011, around there. And then started to branch off into what I do now. I was, I went to another gym after that and opened up in there because the Gold's Gym had closed. And the gym is right next door to my factory. So I was training people there and had the business going here. So I was going back and forth constantly. So where did you get the idea for the, the butter spreads? Well, I have to give credit where credit is due. And with, you know, the, the brains behind the uh, operation is my wife. Uh, I started actually with a different type of a snack. Um, it was a, a, a mixed bag of uh, peanuts uh, and, and different things, you know, dried fruit and stuff like that. And I actually mixed a small amount of um, the, uh, protein powder, flavored protein powder, and it was already sweetened, pre-sweetened stuff. 
uh, into that and uh, vacuum sealed the bags. And I used to put three of those little snack packs into a, uh, into a larger bag. And then that was kind of like, like running its course. And uh, that was at the time where one of the major peanut butter protein peanut butter companies, they went out, like they went out of business. It was the only one at the time. And we kind of saw the opening there. So my wife had said, you know, why don't you try making, you know, some kind of a peanut butter. So I, I bought a grinder. I had a spot in the back of my gym, a vacant spot on the back of my gym on Branch Avenue and started to play around with the idea. And um, then, you know, I said, what am I paying rent for when I can, you know, change a little bit of the electricity at my home, at my house. I went down, we cleaned out an area there and I was making it there mainly for my office in Gold's gym and at the other gym. And I was finding out after doing some numbers that I was selling like 80, 90 pounds a month to the people who I was training. And then I was starting to get people coming in off the street, you know, but I, was, I only had it like in a deli container and I made my own computer computerized label. <laughs> and uh, I was selling, you know, I didn't even really realize how much I was selling till a buddy of mine who was in, into finance, you know, he said, you should probably track this and just see how many, how many you're doing. And over like a four month period, I sold, I don't know, about 350, 360 jars, you know, containers. So then sure. it was just a little bit of a progression after that. And Yep, and that was it. And I moved into, you know, starting to take it more seriously as a as a business. Cool. So what so what was the impetus for like the snack though? What, what did you see the need for? Like what like you created that the snack packs of nuts and, and whey. But yeah. What was the what, what was I the did, purpose for that? What I did that for, okay, that was mainly for the nutritional programs that I was making for people. I was getting in a lot of uh, type one and type two diabetics that were coming to me. I had gone back to school when I was like, I don't know, 47 or 48 and got my um, bachelor's in nutrition uh, just to give my practice that I was already doing of making programs, nutritional programs for people to kind of validate it with the education behind it. Um, so uh, the need for diabetics is the continuous small, you know, meals throughout the course of the day, two or three main meals. And, but it was that in-between part that everybody was having a hard time with, uh, including me creating something for them that they would actually, you know, eat in between breakfast and lunch and possibly after between lunch and dinner. Um, so I kind of like just, you know, tried a few things and came upon, you know, the mixed nut fruit product first. And then I presented it to some of the stores who I kind of had already a connection with and they took it in and I was, you know, beginning to sell it, you know, that way, probably in about maybe 10 or 15 stores, you know, locally. Okay. So then once I stopped that and brought the peanut butter in, there were no other peanut butters around at the time. Uh, so that's when they, you know, we transitioned into that and that got more popular than the nut snacks ever were because everybody loves peanut butter, it seems. So, or almond butter. And um, that was an easier transition, you know. That's not so. You have a fantastic. But product. it took a lot. You have a fantastic product. Um, I was hooked. I think from the first time I I tried it. Um, it's probably it's you know it's it's healthy crack, um, although it can pack a wallop if you don't um, if you don't portion size. So it's delicious. So. Um, the formulation, right? So it's not like regular peanut butter. 
right? It's super creamy. Mm -hmm. Is that just from yeah. like, how did you come up with the formulation for it? Or is that like by adding the whey to the peanut butter or is, is that just trial and error? Like, how did you like, so what was the process to come up with your finished product? Like how many pounds of peanut peanuts did you actually have to <laughs> go through to, to get to where you are now? <laughs> well, actually, right. The thing, the thing with that, it, it wasn't really that difficult because I kind of worked it backwards into what I wanted for numbers, for protein, carbs, fats, and what would the recipe have to entail of how much protein uh, um, do I have to get the, into the product to get like 10 or 12 grams per serving. So I kind of worked it backwards from the numbers backwards instead of making the product and then trying to figure out, okay, now how do I get to these numbers? You know, um, so doing it that way was a lot, I don't want to say easier because it was still a lot of work, but it was a simpler task to arrive at, at the formula than if I did it any other way. You know, I knew that I wanted to, to get that 10 to 12 grams of protein. And, and the way that the nuts come, they, the, where, where I, how I get them is in 30 pound cases. So everything had to be based on 30 pounds. Like, what do I need to get into that 30 pounds of nut product to come out with the numbers that we eventually came out with? So, and the numbers have changed over the years, but really not that much. And then in this past November, I went, I did a whole rebranding with, you know, the label, the logo and everything, and then got rid of all of the artificial ingredients. And I thought that was going to be a little bit more difficult than it actually was. Um, but it wasn't. Um, it was almost an even trade-off ingredient for ingredient or amount for amount, you know. Um, you know, the thing is with the, the sweetener was tricky, but the monk fruit sweetener that we use now as opposed to the uh, stevia and maltodextrin um it's a lot less uh, monk fruit is like really i mean the pure monk fruit that we use it's not mixed with xylitol or urethral or anything like that um you know it's like a half an ounce covers 30 pounds or 35 pounds of product where four or five i think five ounces of the other sweetener is what we needed to use before. So it's actually become even a little bit more cost-effective going the natural, 100% natural route that we are, where we are now. That's you know? awesome. So you just, you just mentioned, or you rebranded in November. So what was the purpose for the rebrand and how, how challenging was the rebrand for you? Um, and how has the rebrand been perceived by your customer base? It's, 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 yeah, it's been really well received. Um, it was a little bit confusing as to what was actually in the jar, unless you knew what we were making before by looking at the label. It was a little bit too busy, um, and a lot of times, like I we do shows and you know events and stuff, and you know a lot of people they would open it and look at it inside and still not know really what it was, unless I introduced it as a peanut butter or an almond butter. Um, and, and then after that, you know, giving them a taste of it and all that stuff. So uh, this way, it's, it's, it's just a clean, I mean, everything now, I want to go with a cleaner product. So I wanted to make the label have a cleaner look. Uh, and it does. But what happened was I started to work with, have you ever heard of Fiverr? Yep. The company Fiverr? 
yep. there. Um, at, okay, so what I did was I was working with a, a, a guy, um, a website designer from the Middle East, like this, Zoom meetings or uh, emails and all of that, you know, everything. And we were developing the website for a cleaner looking website. And she kind of like happened upon, I gave him a description of something that I wanted and it, it was by chance it actually happened. Part of the logo came out in his thought process, the way he put it onto the website and I liked it. And then from that point, I expanded that idea into what the logo looks like now. Uh, but it was almost by chance that it took on the look that it has now. And I really think it's a good representation of, of the product, a cleaner look, cleaner product, uh, you know, and, and, and a, a cleaner taste. I mean, the, the monk fruit really does make everything taste like a natural sweetness to the, to the, um, to the product, you know? Gotcha. No, it's, it's still, it's still delicious. I haven't noticed the drop off. Um, I actually think it tastes amazing. So you have multiple flavors. So what's, where did you get the ideas right. for the flavors? Is that those flavors that you just thought would hit or did somebody request the flavor or how do you, how do you decide what's your thought process in deciding like when you're going to introduce a new flavor? Cause I think you have what? Well, 10 I, get flavors a, I get now? a bunch of, no, we have 18. 18. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, the, uh, what I do is I get a, I get a bunch of like, um, index cards and I, I throw them up against the wall and whatever sticks, that's the flavor I use. No, I'm only kidding. So <laughs> I originally started with the, uh, and actually it was, wasn't chocolate chip. It was a chocolate peanut butter. This is my first one, the very, very first one. Uh, and then I moved into what's considered the plain one now. And then I had one that was like a honey maple mm -hmm. and it just seemed like the chocolate was outselling like everything, you know, and then the honey maple was kind of like second. So um, once I was able to figure things out, I turned the chocolate into uh, the chocolate chip. Um, the honey maple actually morphed into a white, the white chocolate pretzel that I have now. And the, um, the, the other one, the plain one is the plain one that I have now. So I figured I had, like something that was really sweet, like the chocolate one, something in between, which was the honey maple, and then something on the lower end, like lower end of the sweetness scale, so to speak, with the plain one. So then I started to kind of like add to each spot on the flavor spectrum, you know. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, I brought the, um, the almond butters in. The original almond butter was my original, was my first almond butter, which is, the almond version of the plain. It's, it's got like a vanilla, I use a vanilla flavoring um, with the almond butter. Same thing as my plain. My plain is a vanilla, a little bit more of a vanilla flavoring than, uh, you know, added into, added into the recipe. But I, I was trying to add on to like, if it was, if you divided the flavor scale into three sections, I was just trying to add on to like one on each uh, spot on that flavor scale, you know? Um, but when you come to find out, a lot of people really like things that are sweeter than right. not. So the confetti kind of, you know, you know, was one of the other, um, one of the original eight or 10, one of the original eight. Um, uh, and then I started to, then I came out with the vegan part of it, you know, the, the non-dairy. 
And um, again, with that one, I went with the similar to when I first started. I went with the chocolate chip, uh, the butterscotch, which is that in between, and then the vegan natural, which is my plain version. Then we added the pecan pie, you know. So it was just kind of like picking like three three areas on a on a spectrum and trying to add to each a sweeter, a mid sweetness, and then something just was not as sweet as the other two. Right. So kind of that way. I think I've tried all of them. Um, I have my own personal favorites, but have you tried the buffernutter. Uh, so I was just going to ask Did about you try the, the new one, the buffernutter. That is okay. crazy. Yeah. So where did the idea for That's the, the buffernutter come from? What is so it's because basically it's peanut butter I don't, fluff. I don't know if there's something wrong. Right. So right. basically, and it only comes in the six ounce size right now, but it will be in. What's that? Say that again. No, I'm sorry. I think we're on a lag. Um, I said no. It's it's um, where where did the idea for that come from? Because it's basically peanut butter and fluff. In a can. Right. It's in, in, uh, it, yeah, in a can <laughs> container. Yeah, and and the the one pound size will be coming out at the end of the month as soon as my labels are finished. Um, so I add, it's one ounce of the marshmallow cream and five ounces of the plain protein peanut butter. Um, but I don't know, things just, I don't know, it's, it's gonna make me like sound odd, but the creative side of anything was always like easier for me than let's say like the technical or the business side of things. So just things just, I don't know, it just came to me one day as I like to try a mixture of the marshmallow fluff and the peanut butter, just like the old fluff and other sandwiches to those people who are like, you know, 45 and older, how, how we remember them. So that was, <laughs> that was an easy get because I, I knew that the, the, the peanut butter flavor to go with that had to be more on the neutral side. Um, so with the plain peanut butter, it really was, you know, something that it just took off. I mean, we've sold a ton of the six ounce uh, size you know, in that, and a lot of people who didn't know we had it, if I gave them one or two with their order, then that, then very next order, they would order it or, or they would just put in an order just for that one, you know? Right. So I think the one pounder is going to do very well in that as soon as it's out. So that's, no, it's, it's uh, fantastic. Um, so when is the, um, I don't know what's next. <laughs> I was going to say, when is the Hank's peanut butter and jelly coming out? <laughs> Well, here's the thing, the, the, the jelly has to stay in a cold atmosphere because I already tried that. Oh, really? And on the shelf, the, the, yeah, the jelly breaks down and doesn't stay very long unless with the sealing system that I have now, it may stay, I think it, it may be able to last the entirety of the shelf life, which should be about a year. So that is actually the next something that I was gonna try and see maybe over a few months after sealing it the way that we seal the product now, if it'll actually stay, you know? So put me on the list. But then I get people who love almond butter saying, you're gonna do an almond butter. Uh, what would you say? Put, said, no, when you, when, you, when you need taste <laughs> testers for that, to, to see if it's still good after three months, for I'd like to have it, yeah. Put me on the list. <laughs> yeah, I'll put you on the list, yeah. My wife's the official taste tester, but you'll be, you'll be, I'll, you'll be in tandem with her. I'll have you try it when she tries it. <laughs> so Hank, you've grown the brand tremendously. But you know, 
no. What I was going to say is, you know, you asked about the peanut butter and jelly kind of thing. You know, I get people who love almond butter and don't eat that much peanut butter say, when are you going to try this type of almond butter? And then the vegan people say, when are you going to try a vegan almond butter? And, you know, there's a, so there's a lot of things that I'd like to, but what I, I think I'm going to plan on doing from now on is do short runs of different things and not keep them on the market for, but see, once I put something out there, I figure even if I have one person that likes it, it's worth it for me to keep it out there. You know, uh, you know, they always say you're like, you can't, if you're satisfying 51% of the people you're doing. Okay. I look at it as like, I need to satisfy like 99% of them. That's my, you know, that's my philosophy, you know? So if somebody keeps buying it, I keep making it, you know? So right. we'll, see. Um, we'll see where it goes. You've grown the brand tremendously, right? Um, from, from where you started. Um, what was like the, like how, what was the process to do that? Was it like luck? Was it just grinding? Um, was it referrals? How, how did you get your brand out there and in so many stores? Cause it's not just in Rhode Island. You are, you're all over the country. Right. And that was when I reached the point when, when, when I was really doing my best without a distribution network, um, that's when I thought it was time to get involved with distribution because I was already doing a, a lot of stores on my own. And, you know, with three or four, like, you know, four employees at the time, I, you know, I didn't, because I'm involved with between production and everything else, it wasn't a whole lot of time unless it was coming in by referrals or word of mouth, different stores saying, I heard this, this, and this. Now I figured it, for me to grow it, I was going to have to like get out there somehow, some way. So that's when I took on the distribution part of it. Actually, they approached me about it. Um, and but then I made, you know, I made a common mistake, which, you know, if I could take it back, you know, I would. Uh, other distributors were approaching me about it too. And I was thinking, you know, the more, the better. And with distribution, it's not really, it's not really the best idea because now you're closing yourself off to the stores that you may have been able to sell direct to because now distribution is soaking them all up, you know? And so, and, and that's the reason why now, um, it, they reached the point where it wasn't worth it for me with the amount of distribution that I had involved with my company. Um, and with COVID kind of added another level to that because now distributors weren't given the money that they were getting before to invest in a product like mine and then get it out there. So now they were limited in the amount of money that they could actually spend on, on all their different supplements that they carry. So at that point, which was recently, like only a couple of weeks ago, you know, I did a lot of soul searching and, and research and praying about trying to make the right move with this. And I, and, and I kept getting led right back to, I think it's time to start to cut off the lines of distribution and, you know, get back to doing it the way you did before, because it just got to be too much, like I said, for the amount of the return that I was getting on it, because you're selling to distribution 
on a discount from the wholesale, not the retail, but the wholesale. So you're working a lot, you're producing a lot, and the return on it really isn't that great when you take out all the fees and discounts and all this other stuff. So um, we're going to go back. I'm going back to the direct route because even now with the distrib distributors got us into a lot of stores. You know, I was working with three distributors or four. So I'm figuring now if the stores can't get it through distribution, if they really liked it, they're going to have to get a hold of me to sell it direct to them if they still want the product, you know? So I'm sort of banking on that. And I'll tell you what, I started working with a social media company about three months ago and they've been tremendous for us. You know, uh, I just couldn't do everything plus that myself. So, um, you know, they've gotten the word out about us too, that we're getting more of a response from stores that I'd never heard of before. And we're sending out things, you know, continuously. That's and awesome. Waiting to see what the return is going to be on that. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. So that's the new stage that we're in now, you know? Right. Well, you mentioned that you, you made mistakes and, you know, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. That's how you learn. That's the best way to learn in business is to have, make a mistake. Cause then, you know, like you'll never make that mistake. And one of the things is that like, if another, you, you now work, you, you know, you're, you're a wise old sage for a new business, potentially if they say, Hey, sh sh Hank, should I use a distributor or should I not? What's your thoughts on it? You've been there. Now right. you can say, Hey, I've been there and, you know, tread carefully or tread wisely. So, um, that's, it's, you know, mistakes are, I think sometimes, um, and, and go are, are great, you know, in the learning process. So one, one more question and I'm going to hit you. I know you're well, business, present, so I'm going to hit an opportunity as well. Huh? Right. Right. Um, you know, when you so, make a mistake that presents an opportunity. So, right. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and even with COVID, you know, like there was a lot of, you know, a lot of negatives from COVID, but like it helped a lot. It presented a lot of new opportunities for a lot of businesses. So um, competition, right? I don't, you know, I've, I, I only know of Hank's, you know, um, protein rich peanut butter. Um, I'm not, I don't even know if you have competitors, but you don't have to name them if you do, but like, how do you deal with, competition do you give any credence to it or you just focus on your own thing do you see what they're doing and and try to like mimic or what's your what's your opinion when looking at competitors when you're dealing with a retail product yeah i i always stuck to my own thing but was always aware of what was going on around me you know and never never to the level of copying because we were the ones that actually got copied, you know, uh, on a, us being the, like the small potatoes, you know, the, the bigger company as the one that wound up copying us, which is, I guess, uh, you know, it's a, you know, I guess it's a compliment in a way, but, um, we, there's always a misnomer out there that we weren't the original ones that our competition local competition were the originators of this whole thing. And, you know, but I don't get it out there and say, you know, 
so-and-so are saying that they're the original, but we were the, I'm not gonna, I don't get into any of that. I just let things take their course. You know, I, I always figure there's enough room in this market because there's some pretty lousy nut butters out there, protein flavored, uh, flavored protein nut butters that are like hard like a rock. Uh, they have no shelf life whatsoever. They're just awful. And I can't believe people spend their money on it. So I just figure eventually they're going to have to try us. And when they do, I'd say, you know, 90, I'm confident that 95% of the time they'll side with us than they will anybody else, you know, and I'm going to be interested to see how that works out again. Now that we're not involved with distrib distributors that people, if they want us, they're going to have to come to us. And uh, now that we're out there like naked with no clothes on anymore, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the response is going to be now, because we don't have pe people on the, uh, uh, on the ground, like sales reps repping for us. Now it's okay. We know about the product. Now we got to get in touch with him if we want it. So we'll see where that goes. So. Gotcha. Um, so it, well, I, when I owned my gym, um, you know, I, I carried your, your product. Um, my members loved it. We went through for a small gym. Um, we went through, I feel a lot of it. Um, I want to say, I want to say close to 50 containers a month. Maybe that's a little aggressive, at least 25 yeah, to 30. No, um, that's about right. Was it? Yeah. So I felt like every other month or every yeah. six weeks I was hitting you up to place a new order because we were running low um, on some flares. But what's right. the advantage of selling your product um, if you're a small business, like a gym? Like a gym. Well, I, you know, it's uh, first of all you're giving them, you're giving your customers another way of getting, like, if you're, you know, a protein person and are really, really conscious of your protein intake, you're giving them a different way other than like bars and shakes and things like that. And, you know, people from when they were kids are familiar with that staple food of peanut butter, you know? So I think if you've had three choices up there for your customer, if you're a small gym or a, even a bigger gym, I think when they see the peanut butter, they're gonna to gravitate towards that one first because of the familiarity with what that product actually is. Um, because with a bar, I mean, it's wrapped up and all this stuff, you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, and I was never a bar person, you know? So I always think you're giving them, you know, something, but you, you, know, you, you also have to have some information there in that store so that people can pick up something and look and see what your product is all about, uh, what the company is all about. So we have, you know, countertop POS material that we send out to all of our stores so that they can, if they're, you know, not familiar with who we are, they can see it. And we send out samples with all our orders as well. You know, if we a store, you know, we have to fulfill an order for a store, we'll also send them some samples with the spoons and everything to give to put out for their customers to give it, you know, to give it a try, you know, but I think it's that it's just a, another way of getting a food in there. That's, you know, performance based because of the nature of the product and being that it has pro, but I have people who, who give it to their kids. I mean, we have a bunch of pictures on Instagram of 
you know, they have little kids eating because it it's kid safe. Yeah. You know, it's actually dog safe because we don't use sugar alcohols. So you can give it to your adopted dog, you know, so, <laughs> so I give it to my know, kids to cover everything. <laughs> I give it to my kids. My kids love the, good. Uh, good. the buffanutter. My, my kid, I, yeah. I, I said my kids go. love the buffanutter. So like it was, you know, it's I, my kids. Yeah. Love it. Excellent. And from a retail standpoint, like, you know, there's, you do make money from buying wholesale and selling at retail. Um, so I was, that's another advantage for small gyms. I, I was a big fan of trying to diversify um, income streams when I owned the gym, you know, like you had your mm -hmm. memberships and then you had yep. your personal training. And I was, I wanted to have like some income coming in from retail um, just so you have another source right. of income. Um, all right, so I'm going to have a couple more questions just to finish things up. Um, I know you're busy. Um, so um, these are the questions I ask every guest. All right. Um, first off is, do you have a favorite quote, like some type of motivational quote or any quote or something that you always refer back to, like when you're ready to like bang your head into the wall or to pick yourself off the mat? You know, um, do you have one? Yeah, well, it's it's my own thing, and I always say to myself, like whenever I'm in a situation, like what's again working backwards, I always say, okay, from this, what's the worst case scenario? Like, what's the worst that can possibly happen from this, and then work from that point backwards to try to get out of that what that situation might hold as fast as possible with as much thought as possible and try to break everything down into phases, into steps. All right, step one is gonna be, you know, I gotta organize this part of it. Step two is now I have to like, like implement this part of it. And then step three is I should be out of that situation or thought process and not bang my head against the wall anymore about it. But I like to basically break it down into steps, you know, and, and, and just that whole just breathe kind of thing. And, and what's the worst that could possibly happen and then anything after that is gravy, is basically icing on the cake for me, you know? It's good advice. Um, if you had to recommend one book based on all the books out there, what that one book, you know, that might've like set you on the right path or, or put you where you are today, what is that book? Boy, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, you know being a Christian faith, I tell you, I've gotten more advice and more learning from from my Bible. And in 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 the most difficult of times. Uh, okay. That's where I go. All right. Um, that's where I've always gone. Right. That's where I go. Um. So, two more questions. The main one. All right, so if you had to pick your three keys to success, what are Hank Capasso's three keys for success? Okay, think before you act, okay? You have to look at all sides before you make any kind of a decision that's gonna, you know, require like, you know, money or, or, or time. Uh, I think a, a good plan and not be reactionary is 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 the is definitely what I've learned anyway to be, you know, to be the best to to be the best remedy for impatience. I'm a very reactionary 
person, a very impatient person. And a lot of those in, impatient situations are the things that knock me down to the mat, you know, uh, requiring dusting myself off and getting back up and getting back in line and starting all over again. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say uh, that, you know, that being being one of them, uh, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, I think you could probably put all three into different areas of, of, of just like a Rome wasn't built in a day kind of thing. I, I, you know, you're not going to change anything. And, and I think the other thing too is to rely on your own opinion and your own final judgment. I mean, you, you know, learning is a, you know, every day you should be learning something. You should be taking something away from somebody that might've said something or directed you to look at something or read something. To think that you're the, you have all of the answers, I think is wrong. I think a lot of times, like I'll take it, the things that I've understood people to say to me uh, or give me recommendations about it. Uh, and then finally relying on my own uh, putting that all together and relying on not what somebody else is going to try to decide for me, but my own, because I know my own business the best, you know, I don't know my own, anything that I'm involved in better than anybody else, but I've also taken and learned stuff from a lot of different people uh, to finally and finalize my own, my own opinion about something, you know. So think before you act, Rome wasn't built in a day and rely on your own opinion. Good. Those are three. The, Those are awesome. The very, at the very end, the very last step. Yeah, the very last step. Last step should be a culmination of everything plus your own. You know. Right. All right. And then the last question: um, If you could step into my shoes, what is one question you would have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? What was the low point, lowest point in your business? Okay. What has there been a low point in the, and absolutely there was, absolutely there was, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was only a couple of years, a few years ago, you know, where um, I actually had partners in this business and for a thousand different reasons, including my own shortcomings and, and, and a lot of the blame on me, uh, it, it, it didn't work. And it was on its way to getting a little bit ugly. And we were closed down for about four months and I didn't think we were gonna be able to get the business back up again. The partners had left, um, my wife had had it and I was there by myself, naked on an island by myself. And for 16 weeks, step-by-step, step, I was able to get the business opened again. Uh, I, was, I had just enough material. So funny, that's why I say it's like, you know, I always say that God has had his hand on this business since the first day. I had just enough material to get going again after we were closed. And from that point on, it was the evolution of, and the rebuilding of this, of this business, uh, you know, if, if, if nothing else, I think I could consult on what not to do 
to become successful, <laughs> like I said, work backwards from what not to do to become to become successful because I don't consider myself like a success, but I consider myself successful for a couple of different reasons. And one was never giving up. When you have a passion for something, you just don't quit when there's been plenty of opportunities to quit and do something else. Um, but, you know, my impetus wasn't to prove anybody wrong or to get back at somebody. So I have to make this a success. It was just a passion for my product. And that's the heartbeat of it and what's kept me going. Yeah, yeah I think anybody who's been in business, um, nobody's done it perfect. Everybody's made mistakes. Um, if you've been in any type of partnership with your business, that even if it's gone, if it goes smoothly currently, there's been points where it's been rocky. Um, you know, I'm in the same boat. Like mm -hmm. I had multiple business partners and some went well and others not so well. And, you know, at the moment you're so personally invested, but then once you step away, you know, there's a lot more clarity and appreciation um, mm -hmm. and recognition of your own personal faults as well as where, you know, their personal faults. And, you know, I think it's, and it's all, you know, it's like what life is, it's all a growing process and business is a, you know, all parts of business is a growing process as well. Um, and Hey, that's kind of the reason why I'm trying to do business coaching is because I've, you know, mm -hmm. been, you know, like you working backwards. Like if I knew then what I know now, things would have been entirely different. And, yeah, and I'm sure yeah. if you know, you know, six years ago, what you know now, you know, you, you, you might've shaved, you know, been four years ahead of where you are currently, but it's a learning process. And Absolutely. that's how we, we all get better. Um, Hank, this is awesome. I really appreciate right. your time. Um, how can people, I think you mentioned at the beginning, but just recap again, how can people find you and find your the, the nut spreads? Okay, so we're located in Pawtucket, Rhode Island on 160 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket. That's our factory location. People can always come here to purchase the product as well. Um, uh, you can go to our website, which is um, hanksproteinplus.com. Um, you know, our email is there. Our phone number is there. Um, you know, I'll never not answer a text or a phone call or, um, you know, any kind of a request for anything. You can... Um, direct message me uh, through Instagram. It's at Hank's PBS and uh, Facebook. It's uh, protein plus PB, I believe is our handle on, on, uh, but just look up protein plus and it'll come up. Um, so yeah, many different ways. And, you know, uh, any questions about our product, even I always take the time during the course of the day to answer them all. Cool. I will. Um, and I'll um, put links to all those in the show notes um, for YouTube and then um, on for social media. Hank, thank you uh, again. Um, it was great talking to you. Um, if for our audience, if you haven't thank tried you. Hank's peanut butter, um, it's a must have. So um, go online and order some. Um, valuable insight about just business and, and using your mistakes to make you better. Um, and then for our audience, um, we will catch you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast. Please be sure to check out the show notes for any information pertaining to our guests, as well as to how No Risk Business Performance can help your very small business. If you found the information useful, please be kind and share it with your friends who also own very small businesses so they can benefit from the advice that our guests can provide. I'm your host, Judah Boulay. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.